0: There we go. Oh my gosh. Julia, I'm so excited to have you on today. I think we followed each other for like half a decade. Like it's been a long time. And to sit down and get the opportunity to talk, especially after you've gone through like a really I'm just going to say it like bananas few years. Like it's been all over the place. We've like online social media. People have kind of watched you go through so many different versions of yourself in such a short amount of time. I'm excited that we're going to sit down today. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all the things, but first and foremost, go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of what you do and what your corner of the internet is for you.
1: Yeah. So my name is Julia. A lot of people call me Juju. So that's typically what I go for. And yeah, I am in the body acceptance space. I've kind of been in this space for a long time. I followed you for a long time. That's why I'm so attracted to like your page and everything you do. I was an eating disorder recovery coach under recovery, loving care, Jane, one of my best friends. And now I host. Yeah, she's the best. I now host support groups um, for women that struggle with body image, and I also do body acceptance influencing, so brand partnerships that align with my messaging, and just do a bunch of other things. I like to say I'm an entrepreneur, but yeah, I'm kind of in all of the body acceptance, body image space, because that's just what I love.
0: What landed you on those words? Because I know there has been a lot of call to action in terms of not taking over spaces that weren't meant for everyone, notably something like body positivity, which was originally, you know, for people who were the most marginalized. And it kind of got really a lot of people were using the hashtag without knowing its roots. And it got very white, thin, washed over the years. But I know that there's been so many more versions of language that have come, you know, body neutrality, body confidence, self-love, body acceptance, why was that the one that you really landed on and recognized that that's like sort of what you wanted to be your label in this conversation?
1: Yeah. And I was someone that was using hashtag body positivity and all that stuff until I honestly learned, I was like, oh, that's not my space or term that I should be using. This Mm -hmm. isn't my space to try and make myself part of. And I think for me, really just going through my own eating disorder recovery, like a lot of my body image work was just, and just self-work outside of my body was about acceptance. So acceptance just really felt like a word that just like hit for me. I do a lot of work with body neutrality. And it just kind of felt like a really great kind of all encompassing word that included body love, body acceptance, body neutrality, like it just felt like it fit the best for me.
0: What got you maybe tell the story for us that don't know what Is it that got you into this work in the first place? Like, what's that personal story? Obviously, you and I have very similar. There's so many of us. Do you know when I first started? (laughs) When I first started realizing that I had to stop dieting or like stop the level of restrictiveness that I had around my body, and I hadn't really labeled it as anything wrong. I was just like, maybe like I had some health stuff going on, and you know, I started, I started finding people and almost all of them had this like similar story of like a weight loss story that just went too far and didn't know it was too far. And then it's like, oh, that's actually an eating disorder. And then, whoa, I I'm in recovery from an eating disorder. I thought I was just dieting. It's, and I think that's, what's so fascinating is like, there is so i i've said this before but there's so many warning labels on so many parts of life like smoking for instance or gambling right? or drinking <laughs> there's labels everywhere like some people will fall into an addictive habit here please make sure like there's just warnings about you know the risks that you're taking Everything. And the stats around dieting and that reality are staggering when it comes to the risk that is associated with. And I would love to sort of hear the story of like your way out of that.
1: Yeah. So I had an eating disorder for 10 years and I it started around the age of 13. Mm -hmm. I was bullied for my weight. I really struggled with just accepting my body. I was always in like a curvier body and my family, there's a lot of eating disorders within my family. And there was never any pressure within my family that it was like you need to look a certain way. But Mm -hmm. I learned from watching other people in my family and how they interacted with their bodies and how they had a relationship with food and I, you know, kids are sponges. And so I really struggled with, um, my body image, my relationship with food and movement. And it wasn't until I moved out to LA at 24. And at this point, kind of like you were saying, I didn't think I had an eating disorder. I was like, I'm just dieting like everyone else. And then I went to a therapist and she was like, ah, you definitely have an eating disorder. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was just kind of this like awakening. And I went through, my own eating disorder recovery. I did like outpatient. I had a registered dietitian and a therapist and I worked pretty heavily with them for about two and a half years. And she's still my therapist to this day, but I've been fully recovered from my eating disorder. I think it's been about like nine years now, wow. but I really just love that space so much. I've always been interested in mental health. My mom actually sent me a paper that I wrote when I was 15 called wasting away by the media. And it was like all about eating disorders and the media and so it's always obviously been something yeah. that I've just loved kind of being in that space, not because I loved <laughs> eating disorders, but I just loved the mental health and supporting women and helping women get to a place where I feel with my body because I it was such a freeing thing. And I became really close friends with Jane and I was her first coach underneath her coaching curriculum and just was like, I, I really want to be in this space because this is this feels most aligned. And I used to be a teacher and I was a nanny. And so I still do a lot of work with like youth and kids around like body image and stuff. So anything just related to self-esteem, coping skills, body image, like that's my jam. (laughs)
0: Mm, I have a curious question that I'm going to ask you more just like a general speculation on the last few years, because Something I've noticed is it seemed like everyone was very excited about body acceptance and understanding the reality of a body that gains weight or loses weight through natural occurrences because of the pandemic. And so many people were now in the position of like gaining weight uh, and coping in different ways for the first time, many of them were. And it seemed like the community was very relied upon. And now there's like the tides have turned. Have you seen it? Have you felt it? it's now like, let's go back to the nineties. Like I know the pen, I knew the pendulum was going to swing back. Like we always knew it would. I didn't think it was going to swing so hard.
1: So far. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I literally, I mean, we have like the whole ozempic thing. We have like people taking their butt implants out and BBLs and everybody's wanting to be really thin again. And it's like, I feel like I'm being thrown back into like the nineties and early two thousands where it's like, everything is just that like heroin chic look. And I'm like, wait, 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 like, hold on. We're making some really great progress. Let's
0: pause.
1: Yeah, But I think think that's what happens. It's like our bodies become trends. And it's like Mm -hmm. having this realization that like our body types are not trends. And like, even though that is what we're seeing in the media, like, yeah, we definitely don't need to succumb to that anymore. And I'm so glad I'm like aware of the media manipulation now because I'm like, Yeah. I'm not going down that path again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like, I want to be honest, like I genuinely think that we need to allow people body autonomy, even if they are going to diet, even if they are having their disordered ways through things, even if they're on Ozempic for all the quote unquote wrong reasons, it's truly like your body and your choice. Yep. I will say, and this is, I haven't actually talked about this online at all, but I got an email this week asking me to be part of an Ozempic campaign. And I'm like, like we're going to pay you money to go on it and lose weight online. And I was just like, this isn't just about body autonomy anymore. It's genuinely we're gonna now create influence into the arenas that we know people are mm-hmm. working through. Like, why would you come like, to the Like also, me? why would
1: you like I'm like, did they not read your page? The amount of like weight loss. No, no. They messages know I they get. know.
0: They like, know like that's the problem and they have all along like I remember back in the day when I was a weight loss page and like the the slimming teas would always like offer me so much money so much and money. then there was a weight loss account that was like offering me so much money and a man I'm telling you I needed that money I was a single mom at that time I literally had no idea how I was going to pay my bills that month and I was just like I got to say no something I can't I can't go down this path. Again, a lot of people probably said yes to it. I'm not going to get down into what everybody else is doing. However, it feels different right now. It feels like we went from people being so relied upon to like get us through the discomfort of what it is to gain weight, the discomfort, what it is to stop dieting and like lean into your softness, lean into other parts of you, move for joy, not for like the change of your body. All of these different things that were like truly so wellness and health driven in its actuality and now it's just like no be thin and that's the end Mm -hmm. of the conversation I don't even know how to show up in this space half the time because I'm like I guess I'm just gonna keep showing up knowing that this isn't gonna last forever and that it's gonna keep Buckling down on this, but like, have you noticed it impacted within your work at all? Just sort of like people being triggered more than ever. Like, I don't, I think I would be completely dishonest if I didn't also, not that I ever entertained it far enough, but was curious enough thinking about, oh, like, I wonder what it would be like to sort of go on something that just like let you lose weight. That sort of sounds nice. Like, and the thing is, the reasons I think it sounds nice is because I want clothes. I want cute clothes. Like I just want cute clothes. I just want to not have to like acknowledge that I've gained weight. Like there's just, it's all, it's not actually about how I feel about my body. It has nothing to do with that. It all is all about how other people view my body. And I realize that that's really fucked up, but I think it's important to talk about, but I'd love to hear, like, as somebody who's like in that space of like helping other people through it, how has it been
1: impacting people? Yeah, I mean, we've had, I've talked to a lot of people that are in my support groups about like, we've had the ozempic conversation. yeah. And there's so much shame because the women that are in my support group are obviously there because they want to work on their body image and they want to work on their self esteem. And then we're having conversations where they're like, I'm curious about this. And I feel really shameful and embarrassed. And I'm like, let's remove the shame and embarrassment. Like there's no shame and embarrassment here. Like we are all humans and existing in a really Mm. fat phobic society that is constantly being told for us to exist in a proper way, we need to be in a thin body. And now we're being presented with this drug that is so easily accessible that Weight Watchers just purchased and like mm-hmm. all of these things. And it's like, kind of like, oh, is this, is this like my, my opportunity to get into this world where I am accepted and I belong? So it's like, I, I understand why people are having this conversation. And I understand why people are also like, but I'm also embarrassed to even bring it up. And it's like, Mm. no, we're human. And just because we want to work on our body image doesn't mean we don't have these curious thoughts about what it would be be like to exist in a smaller body, to have just like to take a shot or take a drug or whatever and like lose all this weight. And also we still have to talk about the repercussions of that this is something that you have to be on for a long time, or you're going to gain, if not more, of that weight back that you lost. And like, we don't really know the long-term effects that it has. And like, it's not really addressing anything outside of the weight. Like it's not, yeah. and, you know, so there's so much to it, but yeah, it makes it, it, makes me sad because I'm like, I don't want you to feel shameful or embarrassed. You're human. You yeah. Know? And
0: also like anybody who goes down the path, even if, like I said, even if they're doing it for disordered reasons. For, as somebody who like literally did disordered things, the last thing I needed was another person telling me how shitty of a job I was doing at caring yeah. for my body. I just needed people to love me through that. And I'm so glad well, that we're like- having- we're
1: having doctors tell us yeah. this is what you should do. So it's like, we put yeah. a lot of trust in doctors, people, of health course. professionals. So. Yeah,
0: and I know people yeah. who are on it and have like no regrets about it whatsoever. They're actually very happy on it and really like not as suffering in any way, like not mentally or anything They're like just like doing their thing. And I think this is like a really, like this drug exists and people are using it for various reasons, but the same way, like some people can, you know, have a drink and it's not a problem and other people can have a drink and it is a problem, right? So yeah. I, I really... I think that to attack the users or the consumers of anything like I've said this before it's like the low-hanging fruit like that's not yeah, even the it's, tree it's we're swimming at it's a much bigger issue so if anybody's listening and they're like oh damn like man I've had those thoughts I have had those thoughts about like I wonder what this is like like you said we're not dismantling the the our entire systems in which we were born and raised on, we have new learnings on top of the other learning. So they're still there. They sort of sit there. They're an underbelly. People make decisions for a various amount of reasons, not here to judge, but also hyper aware that this is going to become not just like it is mainstream right now, but it's going to become something that people are paid to influence you on. And I think it's important to really check in with yourself as we sort of process this stage of life and reality, especially a, a huge part of this is because people are re-entering social situations again. Mm-hmm. And that's, to be honest, the big reason why I chose to lose weight the first time, not the first time, but like the time that I like yeah. when I lost a hundred pounds was because I moved back home to my hometown. And I was very aware that I was going to be running into people that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I was embarrassed to leave the house. So for me, it made sense that if I lost weight, I was just freeing myself to exist in the world again. What I didn't realize was that as I lost the weight and as people started to sort of like give me more congratulations and stuff, the level of scrutiny that I had towards myself to be better, to be this perfect version Left me isolated that I didn't want to leave the house because I couldn't be that perfect version that I wanted to be or that I presented online. Mm. So it was scary to leave the house because in my head and in my brain, I was still so incredibly flawed. So I did all of this work to lose weight so I could go live my life. And the losing (laughs) the weight didn't actually give that to me. It just made me more and more in into like, what was wrong with me? How have you sort of now you're in this like chapter entering exiting out of pandemic into real world stuff? How has it impacted like your business? Have you seen more people leaning into it? More people like struggling? Like, how has it been? Because I know that so many people were just like, in that pressure cooker for a couple years. And now we're just kind of on the other side of it. And a lot of people are just in different places. I'd love to sort of hear where it's been for your community.
1: Yeah. So the first year of the pandemic, I was still doing eating disorder recovery coaching. It was the busiest I had ever Mm. been. I was like, oh my gosh, I was working with so many clients. i had gotten to the point where I was feeling a little burnt out. So I ended up kind of pressing pause on that and just kind of started doing some other work because I was like, Ooh, like, on Top of the yeah. pandemic, and then also yeah. having to show up for a bunch of people, I was like, I need to take care of myself. And so now that I've kind of re-entered that space again, and and also this past year in 2022, with everything that was going on in my personal life, I kind of pressed a pause with like a lot of work stuff too. So I also feel like I'm re-entering this space as well, mm. kind of showing up for people. And so I wanted to create something of like a community-based thing with my support groups. And I had really great feedback. I, I feel like there was like, I've noticed some more like hesitancy with trust with people. And I think that's super, super valid because I think in the coaching industry, it can be really unethical Oh, and it can be really scammy. Yeah, And so I think a lot of people have become quite awakened to that, which like, that's great. And Mm -hmm. I'm so here for that. So I noticed just kind of in the coaching space, people being a little bit more hesitant, but the coaching that I do is very like ethical. I never work out of like my scope of care. It is not therapy, any of those things. But I have just noticed not as many people are interested in doing the work. I, and, and my other friends that are kind of in that space too, we've just noticed like, a pullback of people wanting to work on their body image. And I don't know Mm. if it has to do with kind of re-entering, you know, social situations, summer coming up. I've noticed just even more in the content that I'm consuming, like a lot more of like, you know, kind of orthorexia type of behaviors, the like, you know, obsessive clean eating. I live in Denver where it's like, there's so much of that like wellness woo woo type of stuff. And I have noticed a shift. And I think that's just kind of like, unfortunately, I'm noticing like, that's where we're headed again. And I'm like, ooh, let's like reel it in. Yeah. And I think
0: it's, I think it's interesting because it's sort of back on that same topic that anything that could be you know, healthy and well for one thing could be very disordered for another. That includes coaching. That includes Mm -hmm. like your workouts. Some people are working out obsessively and other people are doing it very balanced. And guess what? They're in the same gyms. So you can't blame like the one individual thing or exercise, like I actually just started going back to the gym that I went to when I was at my most disordered. And I thought, Mm. you know what, this is such a beautiful thing. It reminded me of getting married again, to be honest, Mm. in the sense that something that was not working, that was toxic, that was, you know, uh, very unhealthy could actually, I could go back into those same arenas and have a better experience. And I think a lot of times we really like put ourselves in these boxes of that didn't work for me. So I'm not going to do it again. And Mm. I had that mentality about gyms a little bit for a long time, actually, where I was like, you know what? Like that was an unhealthy space for me to be in. And now I'm going back and I've just changed the way that I show up for myself in it in the exact same building, in the exact same space, but I'm a different person. So my Mm. experience is no longer disordered, but I look around the room and I think, I have no idea where anybody's at. I have no idea what your experience, what your why is here today, whether you're here uh, for just like wanting to make sure that you're taking care of your heart health or whether you're just like wanting to create movement for your body every single day or whether you hate what you look like and you're trying to change it And you've been here three times today. No idea. We just don't know. Orthorexia is like one of the most under-talked about things. And a lot of times that we look at fitness influencers, for instance, we look at them with like, oh my God, if I just did this program, I'm going to look like them without considering that. That's their genetic makeup, first of all. And second of all, that's their full-time job, which means they are at the gym for hours a day creating content, creating videos for their platforms, which ultimately gives them a very different body composition. And it's not to say that they're orthorexic at all. I'm just saying it could be. And it's a good thing to acknowledge that when you're doing anything of a workout program online, that it's not necessarily you know, for uh to look like that person. One of my favorite people, I actually followed her workout programs for years. Used to do like her um workouts, like she would do her postpartum workouts from like the exact day. Like she would do them like almost live. And it was so nice for once to see somebody who was oh, like that. not waiting to have the after body to start releasing like mm. workout content. And she would just be like struggling in a push-up. And I'm like, I'm struggling in a push-up too. Like it it felt nice to feel seen and connected oh, with that. your instructor instead of comparing yourself to the experience of somebody else, anyways. That's sort of a sidetrack, but you did note something (laughs) that you've gone through some real personal change in the last, is it just been a year?
1: Yeah, it was honestly, it's a year this week. Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: So we watched you fall in love. We watched you get engaged and then watched you go through a breakup, except it was a very quiet breakup. And Mm -hmm. I said this to you before that it's very hard to do that. I went through a divorce still to this day one of the most Google things about me is like the bird's papaya it's, divorce,
1: the bird's papaya. It's ex-husband. my top. My top search is fit, fat and all that breakup.
0: <laughs> what? Like everyone wants to know what happened. I want to hear from you as to why you decided not to share what happened and why you've decided to have what like many people encouraged me to do during my own breakup, which is not answer everybody's questions.
1: Yeah, honestly, when it happened, I was in such a state of shock. Um, mm. It wasn't something that I ever saw coming. It was honestly in a matter of days, it was this like my whole world had blown up. We yeah. had planned our entire wedding. I had two dresses. We had sent out invites, like everything was planned. We were about, I think at that point, like maybe, I don't know, seven to nine months out from our wedding. And in a matter of days, all of that came crumbling down. And uh, I obviously wasn't, you know, posting him. I wasn't sharing about him. I was like a little bit quieter. I wasn't wearing my ring anymore. And people started to ask so many questions. And here's the thing, I totally understand curiosity. Mm-hmm. I understand it. I understand that I used to share my relationship online and now I'm not. However, it's okay to be curious and also not bombard someone about their private life. and it it was very clear I was going through something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at that point, I was in such a a deep, deep hole of grief and just utter state of shock that, like, I could barely show up for myself. I mean, the day after it happened, my sister flew out and literally just had to take care of me for a week because i yeah. I couldn't take care of myself. And so the idea of me coming online and crying and just being this disheveled mess and sharing like that I'm not getting married anymore when like, I didn't even know what the fuck was happening at night, like i yeah. I, didn't, I' I couldn't even get a grasp on it. And, as time went on and people started to ask more questions, people were calling my gym and asking my trainers, and people were creating what? Reddit forum. Yes. Oh people my were creating God. people were creating Reddit forums of saying, like creating stories and saying like she should just fucking share because she was so public. And it was just like it was like I'm struggling, like mm. big time. And I had put up multiple times over and over, like hey, I'm not going to answer your questions. This is a boundary for me. My mental health is more important than your mm-hmm. curiosity. And people are pissed off. And most of my followers were so great and understanding. And for me, that was just such a personal, personal, like part of my life that was, I mean, I'm, it was just, I've never been in that much pain and mm-hmm. I've never experienced that much grief that I was like, I want to hold this near and dear to yeah. my heart because I need to figure out how to take care of myself first before I am like, I'm going to show up online and share all all of these nitty gritty details of my personal life. Like, I was like, this doesn't feel aligned. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, this is where I draw a really hard boundary because I was like, I, first and foremost, I got to take care of myself.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so I know kids and vitamins is a really hard combination to go with. It's almost like convincing them to take something every day that they don't always love. And so we often go to these alternatives that are sweet and sugary and fun for them to eat. But a lot of children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise, which isn't always a bad thing, but can be hard, especially if you're reminding them at the end of the day, you don't want that sugar sitting on their teeth. And often with these vitamins, they have two teaspoons of sugar, a lot of chemicals, some of that gummy junk that's growing. And that's why Haya was created. It's a pediatrician approved superpower chewable vitamin. While most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar, Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet it tastes great and is perfect for picky eaters, which I have a couple of those, so I can relate if you struggle to get those vitamins in as well. Haya fills most of the common gaps in the modern children's diet, providing full-body nourishment that kids need with a yummy taste that they will love. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. It's also non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. Honestly, I get the struggle. It's also really hard being in that upward battle myself when it comes to vitamins and wanting to create healthy habits at home. I love this solution for anybody who's looking for one that maybe is free of all the things that they're looking for. And now we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin, you receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to hayahealth.com/ slash papaya. This deal is not available on the regular website. It's just for you. Go to hiyahealt com slash papaya to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. That's com slash papaya. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey Kreppel full-time YouTuber, part-time preschool teacher, and now the host of the podcast, Circle Time. Join me every week as me and my guests mix the childlike wonder and conversational openness and acceptance of preschool that we're all nostalgic for with the realism, honesty, and wisdom baked into adulthood. With classroom-structured roots, we'll rehash standout moments of day-to-day life, dive into buzzy pop culture moments, and really just get to know each other on a deeper level. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Kreppel and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Time!
0: How did you manage, which I can only assume would be people assuming the answers. I'll tell you right now for myself, when I chose not to share why I got divorced, it was a matter of months before I was somehow a cheating wife who left her husband because she thought she was too good for another man who was apparently married. It just went so far down this line and all I had to hold on to was my own truth. How was that for you kind of facing what, when you said Reddit forums, I'm like, Oh, oh, okay. Yep. They went, they probably went a ton of different. I've seen a couple comments, like, especially when you're like, I saw you doing like an ad for lingerie and I remember just seeing one comment about something and I was, I don't even remember what it was, but I just mean, just remember thinking like, fuck, they're just not even letting you live. And we have No. no idea the context to the whys, and we don't need to know, but how is it sort of like seeing your character be assassinated or questioned through the process of just choosing privacy in that regard.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just wild. Like people are like, she forced him into an engagement and like he cheated on it. Like it was just, I, and I was reading these and I haven't checked Reddit now and like, Mm -hmm. A while because I'm like, it is not worth it. That's it is not, not self-love.
0: Worth- That's what somebody told me. It's not self-love. And I was like, right. It's you're right. Yeah, it's it was self-harm. Like I'm
1: better than self-harming myself by yeah. checking these forums of people that don't know anything about yeah, me. And exactly. It was it was so hard because I think one of the, the biggest things that I struggle still with to this day is I, I really struggle with people having the wrong perception of who I am mm. because you know, it it just sucks. It's like, I know I live with an integrity. I'm not a perfect person. I don't pretend to be a perfect person. But when people start to question like who you are and how you were in your relationship and all of these things and just create lies and story and chatter while I'm literally going through the hardest time of my entire life and really struggling with my mental health, it was like, I just leaned on my support systems. I was like, I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to just continue to have strong boundaries online. I'm I'm going to pull back from work as much as I can and feeling the need to show up online. And I'm so grateful. I have that opportunity, but honestly, like my support systems, my family and my friends were like my safe saving haven <laughs> truly for that period of time. Like I don't know what I would have done without them because it, if I didn't have that support system, I feel like I I wouldn't have been where I'm at. And like, yeah. who's to say like, I might not share more details as, yeah. you know, the coming months go, or if I feel called to like share mm-hmm. those things, but like a week, a month after it's happening, like, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I this just doesn't feel like something healthy for me to do. And mm-hmm. I knew like, my intuition was telling me like, do not open yourself up to that type of, judgment right now you're already being judged and no one even knows so like don't even Mm -hmm. open yourself up Mm -hmm. to that because I was like the last thing I need is thousands of people judging me for ending and calling off my marriage when like I am even like I'm just trying to pick up the pieces to my life right now and like feed feed myself feed myself wake up like just do my basic things I was like I'm not opening myself up to that right now.
0: Yeah, I find it fascinating, too, because we all followed you. Well, many of us followed you for years before you were even in a relationship. And then suddenly it was like the relationship was more valuable than you as a person. And Mm -hmm. I've watched this countless times, and I'll say it again and again and again because it bears repeating, but humans over unions, like we need to be reminded that even if we're sad to see something come to an end. We have to respect the human before we, I was engaged to Shane and somebody DM'd me and was like, are you sure you don't want to go back and give it another try? And I'm like, what are you (laughs) kidding me right now? You have zero context to anything and you have the audacity to DM me and tell me that I'm literally, I have a ring on my finger from a different man. And you're coming to me and saying that I should go back and just pray a little harder (laughs) like you had any idea what was going on. And I I think it's just a good, like anybody, if you had come online, you're like, I'm going through stuff. People would be like, oh, we support you and everything. But because it also involves something that we collectively, in many ways, romanticized your relationship, then to see it fail was, it it impacted, I think, more people emotionally, which, uh, you know, I follow a blogger. I follow a blogger that like years and years and years ago, her family was like the most iconic family. Like they were... So adored and so loved in the blogging community, and when she went through divorce, she's never said why. She has never said mm-hmm. why, and I remember her bringing up that the most googled thing about her was why she got divorced, and she just very clearly said, "I'm never going to tell you." And mm-hmm. I have never respected somebody more. I've also never been so curious. I also had to come face to the face with being one of the people who googled mm-hmm. it, but I. Of course. <laughs> it really just it re- it it made me realize that we aren't seeing all the facets of everything, especially within the realms of relationship. Sure, there's the parts of us we see online, but when things are happening behind the scenes or somebody is drastically faced with a new reality and they're grieving, we can't really tell them how to grieve or how to pacify what we're feeling as an outsider. It's just something that I've seen so often that people say, well, you chose to share online. You chose to be here. Therefore, you owe us this oh. explanation. You owe yep. us grieving out loud. You owe us the answers because we are sad. Again, that union being held above the yep. human regard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the amount of DMs that I'd gotten of like you chose to make your relationship public. And it was like, I was in love. I was yeah. really excited. I was, yeah, I was so happy to share that part of my life because it had been such a long time. And I don't regret it by any yeah. means. And also once it ended, I chose to be not public about it. Mm -hmm. And you're allowed to change how you show up online. And like, if you are a creator or, you know, just existing in this world, like you're allowed to change your mind. And that I, I started to be almost a lot more blunt with my boundaries when it came to people saying those types of things. And then people are getting pissed with my response. It's like, I'm not going to succumb to you saying like, oh, well, this is on you. You have this public relationship. Mm-hmm. And 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 I was like, okay, like you're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to be like curious. You're allowed to have all those things. I'm still not going to share this like very yeah. detailed private part of my life because you're curious. And I, I even had people say something like, you know, she would get a lot of engagement and she just shared. And I was like, I'm not going to share the wow. ending of and the demise of my relationship for engagement, like it, yes. and I have ended up losing a lot of followers because wow. of my choice not to share. And, you know, I, again, like everybody has the autonomy to follow who they want to follow. But like, I knew that my feelings and how I chose to show up online and keep everything private, like I wanted to honor myself first. I'm someone that in the past I've often self-abandoned mm-hmm. out of wanting to people please, whether it's in relationships online, all of these things. And I was like, I am not going to self-abandon mm-hmm. myself to please other people that I don't even know mm-hmm. out of like, I'm not, a, am not your reality show. And yeah. that like was just like a really big wake up call because I was like the people that are just digging and digging. I was like, this is just so invasive.
0: Yeah what would you say now it's been a year if you could go back into that week what would you tell yourself from the perspective that you have now from the person you are now from enduring the questions and the question marks and the heartache and everything what would you go back and tell
1: her that you wish you had known then that it's it's gonna feel a lot lighter that like Mm -hmm. I, I think my biggest fear was like am I doing this wrong? Like I Mm. I didn't have a playbook. I didn't have a playbook on like, how do I navigate a really public breakup? And my biggest Google search right now is like my engagement ending. And like, people are contacting my family and friends and all of these things. It's like, I didn't know what to do. And so I I'm so glad I just really held strong with my boundaries and just doubled down on like taking care of myself because it, it, it showed itself tenfold in like where I am right now. And like, I would have just told myself, like, just keep your boundaries strong. Like it's going to get better. The chatter is going to quiet. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I was like, are people going to ever stop asking? And granted people still do, but I think people have also learned if they follow me that like, if I'm going to share, I'm going to share on my own time. Mm -hmm.
0: I remember a friend years ago, like years and years ago who uh was married and they got a divorce and we never really found out why like it was they were married for like a year and a half and they got divorced and all anybody talked about was them all anybody talked to and it would be like down to what she wore on the weekend and like did you see this like clearly Mm. we started like all the chatter such a participant in that chatter and then I remember when I was going through a divorce and she reached out to me and we had some conversation and I kind of had to come face to face with like, oh gosh, I was the person that really made a lot of this very hard for you. Not that I was the person, but I participated in it. And I just remember she was saying it was about three years before people stopped talking. And then I was like, okay, if all I need to do is just remember that people will eventually stop talking, like this is so big and loud and it feels like everybody in the room is staring at me. But eventually they're not like I, I one time wrote a blog about my divorce and the fact that I didn't talk about it. And I kind of compared it to how people rubberneck a car accident on the highway and everyone looks. And one of the first things is like, who was hurt and who was at fault? And we, we start to storytell based on what we're rubbernecking and we have no idea the reality of what happened in that car. We have no idea what happened the whole drive beforehand. We have no idea what distractions took place. We have no idea what conversations took place. We have no idea what went on, but man, we're all rubbernecking. But eventually Mm -hmm. we keep driving down the highway and those people keep staying to deal with the trauma that is what has happened in that collision. And that analogy for me has helped me so many times over the years. And I think for anybody going through heartache or big Let's even call them big embarrassing life moments where you just feel everybody, all the eyes are on you, whether you on social media or in real life. It doesn't matter because it's been happening since it's a tale as old as time, to be honest. Things happen, tongues wag. But... If you just remember that you get to kind of choose how you respond to it, because eventually people will stop talking. This isn't your story forever. And I can easily talk about it now because I'm so much further down the highway. It's easier for me. I'm so much further and further away from that car accident but you know what? I've got passengers in the car that I love so much. And I'm so glad that I took the path I did. And I'm so glad that like you have taken the path that worked for you. And it's not to say that people can't publicly share about their breakups or heal in real time and out loud. I have so m- much respect for how anybody chooses to sort of walk that line of the impossible. There is no rule book. There's no guidebook. There's nothing. It's hard. And eventually everybody keeps driving in the highway. And I think that's like the most important lesson. What would you hope for anybody coming to discover your social media? Because we talked about body image. We talked about sort of your personal world. But where are you at now? Like who is who are you now? And what is sort of like your, not agenda, but like your motivators, your whys, what is like how you're presenting yourself on social media? Because I'll be honest, I feel like we're seeing a far more confident and like out loud (laughs) version of you that I've ever seen. And I'm here for it, but I'd love to Mm. kind of hear what's like, who, who are you wanting to be? What is, what is your corner of the internet now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to say, like, that my engagement ending literally just catapulted me into like a whole different version of myself that I just like love so much more. I mean, not that I didn't love that part Mm -hmm. of me by any means. It was just like a whole new season of me where I'm like even more apologetically myself and just so much more aligned with who I'm choosing to be with, who I'm working with, who, how I want to show up online. And I think like this next season of me is just, Really, just doing things that bring me joy and fill me up. And just like I want to, like, my support groups just bring me so much enjoyment. Like, I just love holding space for women. I love, I have the Confident Kid Collective curriculum, and it's like a curriculum to help implement like self esteem and body image work in the school systems. Like, I'm really focusing on this part of my life of being like a career focused thing. And Mm -hmm. if the love and all of the other stuff comes, like I'm going to be so excited because it's just going to be an additional like joyful part of my life. But right now I'm just really enjoying existing in this space that doesn't feel so heavy. And I don't know where that necessarily will take me in terms of like my career and like how I'm going to show up online. But Mm -hmm. I think as long as I just allow myself to just be where I am right now instead of trying like I think last year it was just it was so heavy it was I just wanted to get out of it so bad but I was like I know that this isn't how healing works you have to just like sit in the suck you have to sit in the discomfort and now I'm really starting to feel a lot lighter about my life I'm starting to feel like a lot more aligned with like the jobs my management like all of these things and it just it feels really really comfortable Mm -hmm. Um, and not in a like I'm comfortable and i'm just like sitting back but like in a i'm just really happy with where i'm at and like who i've become and i'm just excited to see like what the future holds because i know it's like it's gonna be so big and bright for me i have no doubt about that
0: this is random but did you ever watch game of thrones
1: i haven't i'm like okay. so overwhelmed by the amount of no you don't have to it's are. fine
0: but like in the first season Daenerys, who let's not even talk about whatever, any anything else that happened in her whole life. But in the very first season, this is a woman that's so broken by so many hardships and heartbreak and loss. And sh- there's a scene where she's like in a, hopefully I'm remembering this correctly. She's like in this burning building and everyone's expecting her to die. And she walks out with these dragon eggs who have like hatched into baby dragons. And she is now the mother of dragons. And that scene we just flashed that. into my mind as you're talking about who you are out of all of this. And I'm like, ah, it's not even like a Phoenix rising. It's like the woman who has come out the other side of the fire, because there is like, when you look at, when you look at a fire and you realize that there's no way around it and there's no way over it, there's only through it. And then there's who you are on the other side. I just, that's what makes me so excited for you right now. (laughs) If you can Google that scene, watch it. It's like, it's just I don't know why I'm just like sitting here and I'm like, why am I just in picturing this like woman walking through these flames and coming out the other side? I just really I don't know. I know you've been through it and I know you've been through it, not just in the your personal world, but like in the social media realm. And I'm so proud of you for sticking through and I'm so proud mm, of you, you for how you've gotten through it. And I'm so excited to see where it all goes next. And for anybody ready to hop on that ride, even right now, where can they find you and sort of check out some of your work and what you're doing? Yeah,
1: yeah. My Instagram is fitfat and all that. But my website is fit and And if you're interested in support groups, um, you can always DM me or shoot me an email. My email is just my handle at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, just follow along on my social media. I share everything there as much as I want. <laughs> as With the boundaries. <laughs> yes. Well,
0: thank you so much. I appreciate you. This has been so lovely and I'm really excited for this episode to go out. So for everyone listening, I'll have the notes in the show notes for you, of course, as well. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the papaya podcast and we'll see you then please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode